You are listening to Easily Influenced, a weekly show where we unpack the latest in influencer news and digital culture. This show is brought to you by Cork, the UK's leading influencer intelligence and digital trend forecasting agency. I'm Chloe, Cork's fashion and beauty editor, obsessed with the deepest, darkest corners of fandom. I'm Jennifer, Cork's culture editor and YouTube enthusiast. And I'm Lucinda, Cork's food and travel editor and unofficial drag expert. So what have you guys been watching or listening to this week? Mine was really, really random. And I've been trying to get back into YouTube, which I feel like you kind of inspired yes. me to do this, Jen, because your ideas were with YouTube. <laughs> but so I found glad. this YouTube channel called Film for Towels, and it like analyzes film and TV shows from like their depiction of women. But it was very interesting. Oh, and cool. I watched that Promising Young Woman film last week, and I didn't like it. Oh, there's been lots and of controversy around for, that. Yeah, I was looking for other people to agree with me on that. So I found this YouTube channel and it was really interesting. And one of her videos, she analyzes like how the high school musical franchise like weaponizes femininity with like Sharpay and how like being super, super feminine is like associated with the enemy in that film. I don't know. It's really interesting. I recommend it. What's her channel? Film for Towels. Film Film for Towels. She has a TikTok as well, which is how I found her originally. Oh, okay. Interesting. It's quite a new YouTube channel. She only has a couple of videos at the moment. You're going to get so many recommendations from all these other like commentators i'm so excited for it i'm really into this new area that i've never explored before it's great so i love her i love a fun name yeah a fun name and she's already got that so she's a star in the making yeah and like all the videos are so well made already like i don't know how she's come out that with such a great youtube channel and it's like the research and the detail that they put into it that's what i love Mm. anyway what about you lucinda so one of my favorite series on YouTube, YouTube again, um, yes, come on, you know, YouTube. <laughs> um, which is Queens Who Like to Watch, which is a, uh, hosted by Netflix. And it's two of my favorite drag queens, Trixie Mattel and Katia. And they basically review a show on Netflix. So they started a new season of this and they reviewed Shadow and Bone. I haven't watched it. Oh, um, it- what are you what, you're, what do you mean mixed feelings is it oh like I I really loved the books but then suddenly I didn't love them anymore and I've been trying to watch the tv show but I know obviously it will go the same way but Ben Barnes is really hot in it like that's a good thing that is a good thing he is really I don't know who that is but there was some hot men in this video and I just I love the two of them together they're two of my favorite people I could watch them endlessly for hours every single day it's probably like every time I have lunch I'm like eating my sandwich in between work I just put on them and I just love watching them they have great chemistry and they're hilarious and they kind of in a way influenced me to watch like new programs like they did a their review of Lucifer was so funny that I then was like maybe I should watch Lucifer because before I was like you should watch Lucifer I feel like it's a very you show I love it so I think good. it would be a very me show I didn't want to watch it because my dad really likes it. And I was like, I don't want to watch something my dad likes. But now that, now that they like it, I'm like, "Mm, okay, maybe I'm going to give it a try. And then I was going to give Shadow and Bone a try, but maybe not now based on your reaction because your reaction just If you don't know where "Mm." it's going, like you'll enjoy it. You're in the good days at the moment if you start watching it now. So enjoy that whilst you can. It's very Umbrella Academy, like a few hundred years ago. I love Umbrella Academy, but it's oh my gosh, not as good it. as Umbrella Academy. Oh, I, I love c- it so much. I couldn't get into Umbrella Academy. 
The acting is absolutely poor. I hate it. The acting isn't great. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> I do get Umbrella Academy vibes from this program. So we'll see how we go on with it. So Jen, what have you been watching slash listening to this week? So, of course, I've been on YouTube. Yes, um, YouTube special. <laughs> YouTube. So I spent the weekend actually watching Justin Bieber Seasons. So it's a 10-part YouTube original series and it just follows like the lead up to his album Changes. Not the one that just came out, but the one that came out after he had that like long hiatus from music and then like released Yummy. But yeah, it was really, really interesting because it just kind of like documented his like sessions in the studio, his relationship with Hayley and like, you know, his physical health with Lyme disease and Epstein, Epstein-Barr and um, like mental health issues and like drug overdose, drug abuse. Sorry. Yeah. But it was really interesting. It was really cool. Did it make you like just do you like Justin Bieber anyway? I don't know. I don't. He's all right. But I just feel like. The reason why I have this sort of allegiance to him, if you want to say, is because my friends are like believers. So I don't know if that makes me an honorary believer, even though I'm not like... Believer by association. Believer by association that just happens to be forced to listen to some of his albums. But it made me feel bad about writing about him in my TikTok feature that I wrote like last year, kind of calling him desperate. Because, you know, when, like, Yummy came out, he was so desperate for it to go viral on TikTok. Um, And I understand why he was so desperate and why he just really wanted this album to to do well. But I just thought it was just, it was just really insightful, like, learning more about him, learning about the process, learning about him and Hayley, who I've actually grown to really like, which is really random. Really? I feel like often she's portrayed as being a bit of a B-word. Yeah, I know, but she's really not. She's actually very... um, I do think she mothers him a bit too much, but she's very, like, caring. I know, I'm not sure how I feel about certain relationships with that kind of mother-son role. Um, but, you know, each to their own. Yeah. It makes them happy. Yeah. I've always felt kind of bad for her. Not because, like, obviously I don't know what their relationship's like, but there's all those videos you see on TikTok of, like, have you seen the one where they're climbing through those railings and, like, he runs through and then she goes to follow him and she, like, falls. <laughs> and then he just, like, carries on and she's just, like... And it seems to happen to her a lot. And there's another one where she's out with Kylie Jenner and oh, I love that get video. to Kylie and they yeah. push her over. And I just feel so bad for her. I feel like she's like, I mean, she's obviously not second best to everybody, but I feel like a lot of people see her like that. Like even with like Selena Gomez yeah. like, when she first got with Justin. And I was just yeah. going to say, because to me, how I see it, I'm like, wow, like he just broke up with Selena Gomez and then he dated Hayley for two months and then they got married, forgetting mm. that like as my friend likes to remind me that that they actually dated before him and Selena Gomez. So yeah. really, um, I didn't know that. that they yeah, dated before. I didn't know that either. Yeah, interesting. It was like Selena, like Haley, Selena, Haley. Okay, so it was basically always going to be between one of them. Yeah, but yeah, I would actually recommend like watching it. It's just interesting and as well like hearing other musicians like Billie Eilish who obviously like loves him just talking about him and like his fans and then it just reminds you of that whole like era of like stan culture and like believers and like, there were so many comments like I thought I was no longer a believer but now 10 years later I'm still here <laughs> so yeah ah oh, you can't take the stan out of a believer I don't know what that means but you get what you get it once a believer always a believer yeah 
exactly that's basically how i feel about my like my love for draco malfoy like i don't think about it <laughs> often on a daily like i used to as a child but every now and then i'll see like a picture of him on social media or whatever and then like get this pang in my heart and i'm like i'm still devoted to you yeah i think you're always leave. you're always gonna have affection for like the first sort of celebrity or parasocial relationship you've kind of you kind of ever had really like i feel mm. like it's never gonna go yeah mm. First loves. Me in one direction to the death. Moving on to news. Last week, it was announced that Twitter is testing out a new super follow feature and tipping options that will allow Twitter users to monetize their profiles by offering exclusive content to paying users. Now, I kind of imagine this is going to be similar to like OnlyFans or Patreon where you can kind of just like pay a certain fee maybe is it monthly or even just one off and then you get more funny tweets I don't know how do you guys think it's gonna work do you think it's gonna take off do you think it could be successful I feel like it would do well for a lot of journalists on there or like writers on there just because when people sort of like write threads, I always think like, why don't you just save this for like a, a newsletter or like an, a feature? Like, why are you putting mm-hmm. all your great ideas here? And I think, you know, with this new feature, maybe maybe that will help them in terms of monetizing that aspect. But yeah, yeah, I think it's great. I don't think at the moment there's really any way for Twitter users on Twitter to make make money. I mean, most of the money is on like Instagram or YouTube. yeah. Because even brand collaborations on Twitter, they don't, it looks like they don't really do well, yeah. No, that's not why people use Twitter. And especially if you're trying to like, it's difficult to promote something without like that visual component that's like so important. Like just using words isn't always as effective. Yeah. Because that was my only thing. I was like, what would a Twitter user offer me that I would actually want to pay for? But then I don't follow many people who would offer me. I was thinking the one way that this would have been great when I was like 13, 14 was when I used to run like my One Direction stan accounts. And I was like, <laughs> people would have so like withheld these like, cause people used to hack like their parents' iCloud accounts and stuff. And they so would have made people pay to like access that if they could. Yeah. Like, how they could. Now they could, all of these, mm. like, I'm just imagining like 13, 14 year old you getting rich, just oh, like. <laughs> it would have been great. I'd run my kingdom me so good like mom I do not need your pocket money I have my own exactly let me take you out to dinner at Pizza Express (laughs) but they so like there was a time I don't know you guys remember this in like 2012 2013 some One Direction fans hacked the security cameras at an airport in New Zealand so they could watch One Direction in like the first class lounge and people people were trying to sell like access to the live stream then but then certain people were paying I'm just sharing it like for free on Tumblr but people did try to monetize that. Yeah, I can definitely see this going down quite well, actually. And it just makes sense. Like, you know, like with Patreon, getting people to subscribe for more bonus or additional content, I can just see that working. Because I personally, would I? Maybe. It depends on, you know, finances around that time. But I think I would do it for like <laughs> um, Bolu, for example. Just because mm. when, for example, a movie comes out or a TV show comes out, I actually do really respect her opinion. So like, mm. if she sort of, I don't know, kind of was like oh well super follow for more content on this or subscribe for more content on this I'd actually be like hmm okay I'll save up yeah it's been great for like those uh users who've kind of cultivated a whole persona of being like an expert for something because now they can actually like start 
charging money for being an expert. I mean, exactly. cause it, it must suck, like having all of these followers and like having having the knowledge of like, I don't know, and the respect of so many people for like what you watch and what you listen to and not being able to make money, any money off of it. That's why so many of them go on to do like book deals. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because like you just pointed out, like Twitter is more of like, um, I feel like it's like a f- your first stepping stone. It gives you exposure, mm. but you can't really monetize content on there. So I genuinely think this will help twitter influencers or content creators if whatever you want to call them it will actually help them remain on that app instead of trying to move on to instagram or i don't know because a lot of people are moving on to instagram even though i think instagram is so boring yeah well they have to don't they it's almost like they don't have a choice if you want to make a career out of social media you do eventually have to move on from twitter like there's no way around it unfortunately and i think it would do really well because obviously we've seen OnlyFans is a little bit different because it has that reputation of being, you know, people making money from like porn and things like that or sharing like sexy pictures. But also it's not though. just used for that. Mm. It's there's not. Of on it. Like there's this YouTuber who um, I used to follow. His name's DDG. He's like moving on to music now. But during the pandemic, he used OnlyFans to sort of teach aspiring YouTubers, like just share tips and stuff. And I just feel like we should sort of break that whole notion of it's just used for sex or porn or this yeah, and that. Because no, it, yeah. it can be very creative if used, you know, differently. Yeah, there's like foodies who use it to share like exclusive recipes and like yeah. meal plans and diet plans. So it's a great way of like, because it's, even though it's got that reputation, it's a really clever like device for kind of tracking like money and things like that, allowing people to, you just, all you have to do is sign up and like the app does it for you. Like, yeah, exactly. Just provide the exclusive content and people pay for it, which would be great because now they don't have to create like a secondary profile on a separate site. They can just do it all on the one site where they're most popular. Yeah, exactly. And then they can, you know, create little audio rooms and spaces. Like you can actually establish quite a a full-fledged brand on Twitter now which is cool. I wonder how big of a cut Twitter's going to take, though. That's a good point. Oh, that is true. That is true. What are we betting now? Make your bets Mm. now before it comes out. Hmm. I I don't know what standard on other things. That's the... Yeah. I don't know. Jack Dorsey always gives me mixed signals, so I I don't know. (laughs) Like, I don't know if I I can trust him or not. I'd say, like, 15%. Okay, for con- for context, OnlyFans apparently takes a 20% cut on its users' transactions. Uh, okay, I'm going more than 15 then, like 25. I think 15, you know, or 10, because OnlyFans is massive. Yeah, but I think they'll start out small to then like yeah. spray people over from those platforms, and then they'll be like, whoops, you're here. It's now 125%. You owe us money. So it'll be based on... It could be based on how big you are. It could be based on how much money you make. They might change. The percentage might fluctuate depending on how much money you're making. I reckon if Twitter wants to kind of... They're going to have... They, it can't be more than 20%. Otherwise, people aren't going to use it as much. They're just going to continue using these, uh, you know, separate platforms. But then you do have the bonus feature of it all being in one place. Your content that you're originally creating and also the ability to monetize it. So... Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with fifty. I think fifteen is a good shout. Now I'm thinking ten because technically Substack Ooh. is gonna be its competitor for the writers and the journalists on Twitter. So I feel like 
they have to it has to be the same or lower if they're going to compete with Substack. Yeah, that's true. We'll see. We'll see. After, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Twitter want to make money. Yeah, it's true. Moving on to very different news. <laughs> so um, Molly May, obviously, a few months ago, kind of started this trend where she had pretty much all, I think all, if not most of her fillers dissolved from her face. So she had jaw filler before, she had cheeks, she had chin, she had lips, blah, blah, blah. Um, and now she is much more natural looking, which she said was her goal from the beginning. And now a few other influencers have done the same since then. But the latest one is Arabella Chi, who was also on Love Island last year. They all blurred together for me. Anyway, getting confused. So she had her fillers dissolved recently as well. And she said that the goal was, again, to have a more natural appearance. So... I find it interesting that the Love Islanders are the ones kind of leading this when they're the ones who have mostly been negatively associated with that kind of image in the first place. But I kind of have mixed feelings about it because I don't think this openness about it not really being all it's cracked up to be fillers and everything, I don't think that this will only lead to less people having fillers. I think it'll just push the people who want to get it underground again, just when it's got to a point when people are being a bit more open about cosmetic surgery. Mm. but I don't know what do you guys think I agree with you I'm very much all about transparency and just being like if you want to have lip fillers or any other kind of filler or any other kind of surgery do it just be upfront about it Mm. especially if you're an influencer Um, and also if you want to have it taken out the thing is is that once one person does it and Molly May seems to me like not the Regina George I don't think that's the correct comparison but like kind of the queen bee like she's kind of made herself the she's queen the bee of all love islanders. islanders i think yeah mm. yeah like she's still with her partner she's still like she was popular beforehand she i think she's you know on top or well, definitely think she is and is like navigating all of these other love islanders as well and now they're all just following her lead and i think that that's a dangerous thing to do in itself Mm. Like just, I can't imagine that they all suddenly decided of their own free will that yes, I want to get all these furs taken out. It just seems to me like that's probably not true. So they've either done it because they felt pressured to do it because she's done it, and they want to get ahead of this trend of like natural beauty or whatever or whatever that is. What do you think is sort of kind of spurring this trend? Like, why did Molly May, for example, sort of like decide? I think she just kind of come full circle so I feel like they like embraced it as much as they physically could and then you kind of get to a point where you're sick of something so then you go back to the other end of the spectrum but Mm. I think the time will come again where they'll just bounce back and go back to like the extreme but I Mm, think it's mostly like I think it's still something to do with like insecurity and confusion about the way you actually look because I just don't think not necessarily all of them but I think for a lot of people like this I mean I say like this I've had fillers I'm fine about that but it's a point where you don't really know exactly what you look like and then you get bored of it when you look a certain way and then a couple days later you're like actually I want to look that way again basically just will they ever be happy yeah it's very deep the same kind of yeah it's very deep (laughs) the same thing kind of happened with Kylie as well like I remember when she kind of dissolved hers and then like it was quite soon when she then put them back in. I feel like also it's partly like pr- trying to prove to yourself and to other people that you're still attractive without them. Because yeah. I feel like with Kylie, especially, there's lots of people who believe she's only popular or famous or attractive because she's got fake lips 
And I feel like Apartha was like, well, I'm still pretty, even if I take them out. But then obviously she had them put back in again. So I wonder if medically you're supposed to have them like taken out and then redone, if that's like better for you to do. I don't know, because it stretches out whatever area you have them put in. So it will never really go back to exactly what it was before. So if you take them out and then put it back in, I'm not really sure what that does to the structure of those areas. You just fill them back up again, like a water balloon. Yeah, (laughs) I suppose. But I think if you've had it taken out after you've had it put in, I think because it's kind of stretched out the area, you'd probably need more to make it bigger again. Okay. And obviously filler can move around a bit once it's in your face. So a lot of people stop getting like nose fillers, for example, after a certain amount of time, because if they normally get it along the bridge, it can start like going out and it can start making your nose look wider. So you can dissolve that, but you still kind of slightly change the structure of your nose and you can never really go back to what it was before. Well, I think the message here is uh, if you want to do it, do it. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. If you want to get them out, take them out do it but just don't always follow the crowd don't feel like you have to follow the crowd do it for you good advice Lucinda you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) moving on to something a bit more eyebrow raising um (laughs) tiktok's hype house is getting a netflix reality tv show that will follow the lives of some of the biggest creators on the app including Lil Huddy do not like him Sienna May Larray and then Nikita Dragon which doesn't make sense to me um but <laughs> for those of you who don't know the hype house is essentially like a content house that was created in 2019 and so all these creators just live in a house to create content and that's pretty much it and former members of the hype house include Charlie D'Amelio her sister Dixie and Addison Ray and the announcement has received a lot of backlash And for me personally, I think this is ridiculous and quite disappointing in Netflix just because this group, they had a house party when cases in California were really, really high and it was organised by Nikita. Don't like her. I don't like her either. It just kind of shows how irresponsible they are as people. And so to put them on a platform such as Netflix, I just find really weird and disappointing and dangerous, actually. Yeah, dangerous. Yeah, definitely. You're given a platform, a, a more of a platform to even like new audiences, def- demographics to people who are, I mean, they're young, so it makes sense that they would be immature, but privileged, immature people with power. Yeah. Are we, are these the kind of people that we really need to like give more power to? Exactly. It makes no sense. And a lot of them have been in a lot of controversies for numerous different things like Lil Huddy has probably said the n-word like how many times and then you've got Nikita Dragon and then you've also got Larray as well like it just it just doesn't it doesn't make sense and then also Nikita is she like I swear she's like much older than all of them yeah I think she is she's so like why a, is she a there? grown up they're like teenagers yeah it's just it's just weird like why are you beg friending these group of teenagers <laughs> like it, it doesn't I just think it's gonna seem so forced and like the worst of like MTV reality shows from like 10-15 years ago yeah I imagine it to be like my sweet 16 but every day is the party oh, and, oh it's gonna be that I'm same hoping level. though that it'll be like as bad as that where people watching will realize that they're terrible rather than aspirational mm. yeah 
like with Sweet 16 like yeah the parties were really great and it was incredibly jealous that I didn't get Alexis on my 16th birthday <laughs> but like I, I wasn't envious of the people like the the children themselves because I was just like you're really spoiled and I don't want to be like that so I'm hoping this will be similar but also it depends on how they angle it are they going to be focusing on these different controversies that these individuals have suffered probably not they'll probably not. create fake dramas in the house like oh my god Lorraine left the milk out again Lorraine. <laughs> <laughs> like it's gonna be like that it's gonna be I don't know or it's gonna well they'll address these controversies and have like a little one-to-one with them where they're crying and they're like I just can't believe this happened um like I'm really sorry I didn't realize and that'll be it and it'll be like oh okay all forgiven and they'll yeah. do it again I just don't like how Netflix are essentially rewarding bad behavior I know. like that's just how I see it and when they've canceled so many great shows over yeah. the pandemic it's like why is this where you're putting your money exactly into these like content creators who just send such a bad message and then I obviously will watch one episode just to see like the format and how everything is is going to go but I just don't understand why they won't invest in sort of maybe like people who've been in the game longer like I think a reality tv show on general marbles would be interesting like someone Mm. like that rather than Mm. these tiktok creators who are still in their youth who are still emerging who are still who still have a lot of growing up to do rather than I don't know and also who we can see live out their daily lives on their tiktok so why do we need to compile that into one like 20 minute thing Yeah, it's going to be nothing new there. It's not going to be interesting content. Actually, I have a bone to pick with Netflix. I feel like they've gotten so desperate for content lately because obviously we're in the pandemic and everyone's burning through series so quickly that they're just prolonging and creating documentaries without much substance and making them longer than they need to be. I mean, you know how I feel about the Cecil Hotel documentary. That did not need to be. I mean, how many episodes was it? Like eight? It could have been two part special, done and done. Like there were so many shots in Plymouth of all places of just the rain. Like, and I was like, this is so boring and so dull. And I feel like they're just, they've been like, okay, these TikTokers have got like, what, 20 million followers on TikTok. So that's already a guaranteed audience. They've got, you know, they, they're they a little bit controversial and they all look good. Let's just make a really long doc- like series out of that. Like they don't, they're not thinking about anything else. They're just like, okay, that's content. We'll put that on there. Yeah. I'm just tired of this pattern though, of like all these kind of like companies just going for the people who have the highest followings. Just because you have a high following or you're the most followed person on TikTok, this is directly to Charlie D'Amelio and Addison Ray. I just don't <laughs> think you should be given, I don't know, like just be given all these like platforms in comparison to you, other people who are really putting the work in, whose content makes more sense. I just don't get it. It's the same with D'Amelio's. I don't understand why they have a Hulu reality series about their family. Like I don't care about them, yeah. nor do I care about their dad or their mom. <laughs> I do think a lot of places like mistake numbers for influence. Yeah. And they think like, mm. oh, six million people watch their TikToks, apparently. So six million people will watch this show. When like, I don't even think people really watch the content exclusively of the people they follow on TikTok anyway, because I follow people and then I never actually go on my following feed. I go on my For You feed. I don't see the Mm. people I follow. Also, Charlie and Addison never come up on my TikTok feed. 
which I find it's quite strange considering they're the most followed people on the app but they never come up on my feed well their content isn't what we would watch I mean Addison just basically does (laughs) dance moves which is fine and that's popular on TikTok but it's the sort of content that only really works short form how are you going to scale that to a whole series that's going to be really difficult and we've already seen her on the Kardashians and like yeah she seems she seems sweet and everything but she's not someone I want to watch for a long period of time yeah and I don't think that that necessarily would work I don't think that someone who's necessarily really successful on one platform will have the same success on another yeah Mm-hmm. exactly I think well it was kind of the opposite way but I was going to say like with Love is Blind like with um, Cameron and Lauren I hope I got the names right what kind of worked with them is the sense that people want to watch couples kind of develop and flourish like that's more of an interesting plot than just seeing these teenagers do reckless things like I tried to watch I can't remember his name but he was dating Addison Ray. I tried to watch his YouTube channel and I was just like I can't believe people watch this kind of content like he's not bringing anything new to YouTube like it's he's not interesting in the slightest and yet they have such a large platform like it's just very weird it's strange how they get to that point yeah because I've noticed that they're all sort of moving on to YouTube now and I thought okay this is their time to shine because personally I don't think they can actually dance that well and I was just like their content on YouTube is just nothing like especially I can't remember his name is it Bryce Hall? Bryce yeah, Hall, that's Bryce it. Hall. Yeah, especially with Bryce Hall, it just feels sort of like um undercooked version of David Dobrik's content. That's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And as we know, I mean, if they were being smart about this, David Dobrik is getting trashed right now. But it's sad. It's sad that like Netflix is still like endorsing and enabling that sort of behavior. Yeah. And they shouldn't because we've seen already, like it doesn't end anywhere good like David Dobrik's on the verge I mean he should have been cancelled a long time ago but it's hugely impacted his career obviously it's hugely impacted Jeff's life yeah Mm -hmm. like think twice there's so many other better content creators out there Netflix that you could make really good shows out of where no one's going to get hurt it's going to be really entertaining and funny there's going to be depth to it I'm not sure what kind of depth you know the hype house are going to bring to this program exactly Moving on to our final segment, we're going to talk about our favorite influencers this week and who's influenced us. So mine is Joanna So, S-O-H, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but she's a fitness YouTuber and she's got loads of really good videos on like self-defense for women. And I just had this epiphany last week where I was like, I have such little upper body strength that I could easily be kidnapped. And although I'm quite tall and I don't think anyone would want to kidnap me it was a concern so I started watching these videos and I'm like gonna enlist the help of my friend to like reenact them together so that we can see how well I would do against an attacker but literally all someone has to do and I did this with another friend last week was like put put your arms around me and I'm 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 like I'm nothing I just go limp I'm like sure that's a mental thing if you're just going limp when someone grabs you that's just like well, admitting no, defeat. I can't escape. I'm like, I can't escape. So I admit defeat. I need to up my self-defense game. I need to make make the people know that I am not to be messed with. And she is helping with me with that. Well, if anyone's <laughs> listening who wants to attack Lucinda, she's prepared. So well, don't try it. In a few weeks. Currently, still quite vulnerable. <laughs> but uh give me give me six to eight weeks. 
and we'll see if you want to fight <laughs> it's perfect that's when you'll be ready for lockdown restrictions easily. yeah ready so, for yeah. summer ready yeah. for summer and get in this should be like hashtag self-defense girl summer fight yeah. fighting girl summer but what about you jennifer um so my influencer of the week is julie adenuga who's presenter she used to work on apple beats one and i just just love her because i just think she's so real and authentic in her just presenting skills and her interviewing skills i would hope to be able to interview like her one day i just think she makes conversation so interesting and I remember this interview that she did with this singer called Summer Walker who has social anxiety and you could just tell that she was kind of nervous and Julie just made her feel like really comfortable without being like patronizing or like are you okay or are you okay like it was just kind of like easing her through the conversation and I, I don't know I feel like that's really really hard to do so I'd say her and also she's got a new show hosting catfish with uber butler and it was a really good episode oh, is that her i keep meaning to watch that what about you chloe so i've been obsessed with this girl called daya but her instagram username is tiny moron but she does these like dating dilemma things on her instagram stories and like she is like being single she calls herself like chronically single or something and i relate to that and i find the story so funny because she's just like i saw a man today like in sainsbury's and he looked at me for 10 seconds and like now we're planning our wedding and I was like I feel that a lot because I'll see people I'm like you know what that's the person I'm going to marry now yep and she's just so funny she does these illustrations about her dating dilemmas and they're also great I bought one for my housemate for her birthday last week and then wish I bought myself it instead I'll buy it for Uh, yourself yeah for myself next time as well when you're when you're single which I think we all are so that's fine (laughs) you've got to you've got to buy gifts for yourself who else is going to buy them that's yeah. true can't rely on anyone else i think i'm gonna follow this platform she is yeah, really same. Funny. i recommend that her instagram picture you'll love it lucinda is homer simpson in a wedding dress so you'll know it's oh her. i love that episode <laughs> oh oh she also has a podcast called sorry love you bye and that's also really good oh what's that about does she talk about just the same thing just like her dating dilemmas but it's very specifically about being single in london okay interesting is... because I think that is very specific to be honest with you mm. being single in in London is absolutely trash really is. it's trash but also it's very in your face like being single in Cornwall is very different to being single in London like being single in Cornwall it's like well you either die alone or you date <laughs> you date either <laughs> you date you know the person you did not like in year five and it's like these are your oh options my God. or you branch out and you date a former teacher so like that is what you do <laughs> or your drug dealer um and then in london it's like date all of these different men but all of them are trash and then just hope that you at least get a free dinner out of it yeah and on that note we send us dropping some bars some home truths um and I always though (laughs) (laughs) thank you for listening we'll be back next week with more news thoughts and insights from the influencer space but until then don't forget to like subscribe and follow us for more on instagram at underscore easily influenced and at cork studio see you soon Bye. bye